Hi, everybody. Eve Harrow, April 30th, 2023. <laughs> the ninth day of VR, 5783, sitting under one of my very favorite trees. This baby, oh, she's got to be over 800 years old. The beautiful, she's still got acorns on her. The beautiful lone oak for which Alon Schwutz, the we have returned to the oak tree, gets its name here in the heart of Gush Etzion, the resettled Gush Etzion, looking out on these, like a playground where the kids play in a coffee shop that's here and mosaics that are, that are taught, telling the beautiful story and the poignant story of what happened here in 1948. This is one of the places that we lost in 48 and it took us 19 years to come home again. And if you hear kids in the background, it's because the school is right next door. But I am here with someone I've known for very many years who you wouldn't really expect to run into here in the middle of Gush Etzion. Ryan Belaroso, I used to meet at APAC, even though I don't think either of us are going back there anymore, who just keeps getting drawn back to Israel, just has to get out of the colds of Canada <laughs> and come to Israel. So Ryan, thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. So um, what, what brought you to Israel this time? Uh, well, I'm working on a project. Basically, we're trying to bring green energy uh, to northern Alberta because there's uh, an issue with our prime minister decided that he's going to get rid of oil and gas, but he didn't really have a plan. Oh, that sounds like a lot of leaders these days. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm here hopefully to meet with some energy companies and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh huh. And okay. then other than that, just basically touring around and getting to meet up with my friends. All right. So why do you have so many friends here? What's wrong, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Like we're settlers, yeah. you know, look where you are. What happened to you, man? You lost, you got lost. Well, here's the thing, like my, my very first trip to Israel, I came here with a group, uh, well, by myself, but a group called Stand With Us uh, had, had brought me here and they had introduced me to a couple people here and then a couple people, you know, all over Israel, really. But it just seemed like I had a lot more simpatico with the people here. And mm -hmm. so like a lot of them ended up being like lifelong friends. And you had been like attracted to this whole thing of Israel. I mean, you've told me during your college days. Yeah. So uh, when I was in the university at the University of Alberta, uh, they had the first apartheid week, Israel apartheid week. And uh, right off the hop, I saw that it was it was less about, you know, rescuing people from oppression and talking about liberation than it was just literally about Jew hate and anti-Semitism. So I really didn't like that. And I, I saw it right away because, I mean, the, the language they used was absolutely abhorrent so yeah that's that's kind of when this all started and you think you were primed for that like the way you were raised I, yeah you know like, like we've talked about that yeah we've talked about that i mean my dad ever since i was a little kid he always told me you know pay attention that's like his mantra is pay attention and then the second most often heard thing was what were you thinking so mm -hmm. so i i like basically i that's how i live my life now so my friends tease me because like I, I tell everybody I'm, I'm like a radical centrist, right? <laughs> and that doesn't mean I sit on the fence. It means that sometimes I fall on the right side of things. Sometimes I fall on the left side of things. It all depends on the issue. Mm -hmm. And I try to examine the facts of the issue and then I make my determination. So, I mean, you're like a rather unusual person to be pro-Israel. You know, you're not, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe you are like, a, you know, this is one of these serious evangelical Christians who is very supportive of Israel. And there's amazing ones out there, many of them listening to this show, who really believe in what the Bible says that, you know, one day God will bring us home and and uh, to support us is to be, you know, help to fulfill what, what God's word is. But um, but you, I don't know, yeah. you, you kind of. Yeah, I'm not actually Christian. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, not exactly. Christian. So that, yeah. And it actually took me coming to Israel. And you're not Jewish either or Muslim. No, no. I'm Buddha? Not, 
<laughs> well, so here's the thing. I follow my traditional indigenous spirituality, Cree spirituality, but I've been told that because I follow the Noahide rules, I could technically be a Noahide, but I mean, the Noahide rules are pretty simple. I mean, they're, they're you haven't not exactly, eaten a live, a live yeah. off a living animal anytime recently. Yeah, not, not recently. So, yeah. Killed anybody. You know, or, yeah, yeah. They're all like, you know, they're all pretty easygoing common sense rules. So right. yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. And I don't like, it's nothing in my belief system conflicts with yours. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't find a problem with that. So this is like a rational thing you're doing. Really for me, it is it's moral, ethical, and rational. So what have you done over the years? I mean, because you're out there. Anybody who's <laughs> on Facebook, I mean, anybody who goes to, you know, a lot of pro-Israel things. Yeah. So the, you're not, and you're uh, you're not politically correct at all. I mean, <laughs> before we sat yeah. down, I said, okay, you can swear one time, one word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm pretty blunt. I mean, that that's, comes from growing up on a ranch in northern Alberta. But yeah, I mean, I've had kind of a diverse life experience, right? Because where I grew up, I, I mean, I grew up building ice bridges. That was like my first one of my first jobs. Ice bridges? Uh, yeah. So, you, you know, up north, some of the roads, there's no actual bridges. So in the summer, you can't go across. Okay. But in the winter, you build a bridge made out of ice over the, the, the river or creek. Huh. Okay. Uh, you want to know when the thaw is going to be. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Wow. <laughs> well, up there, there's not really a lot of thaw. There's only about three months out of the year is, is what you guys would call like summer and spring. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think you're the first person I ever interviewed who built ice bridges as a child. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, so yeah, I did lots of, I, I worked with heavy machines, uh, chainsaw work, uh, I hunting and fishing guide, all kinds of different little things like that. Some serious sports. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I used to play football. Uh, that's, that was more recreational though. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then I worked, uh, as a contract, I worked in contract security for a while. I, you know, I worked as a telecommunications guy, which my friends still find really hilarious because they're like, he used to work for the phone company. <laughs> you know, like, it's not, not the something that, company, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've had a pretty diverse life experience, but, uh, my advocacy stuff is really kind of, I think what people are most interested in. Mm -hmm. And it stems because my dad used to be very heavily involved in the native rights movement. So he was, he helped write the native pro or the Métis proclamation in the 1990s. And that's cemented Métis land rights. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, it's, it's, you know, that's his story, not mine. So, but I, I was there when he was doing it. So, you know, I paid a lot of attention to that and I saw what he was doing to try and make the world a better place. And so I've always, thing. yeah. So I've always tried, like, we have a very strong ethos. It's very similar to Jews leave things better than you found them. Yeah. Right. And that's actually one thing about Israel that really resonates with me because I came here the first time. And there was this place called Osvagon yes. and it was a dump. Yeah. It was literally a garbage. Oh yeah. Dump. It was worse than that. Yeah. And Just a couple anything months. Anything you can find, hypodermic needles. Yeah. Condom. Yeah. You name yeah. it. And a couple months later I came back and it was a beautiful, like an honest to God, beautiful park in a forest. Like mm -hmm. it was, it was amazing to see that. And so, yeah, those kinds of things resonate with me. Well, that was a tragedy. I mean, that was, you know, people yeah. who were just could not believe that the three boys had been kidnapped and killed here and it was named for them. And that's something that you see a lot in this country is when a tragedy hits and uh, not to talk about revenge and all that, but to say, okay, let's make the world a better place in memory of the, these people. And uh, you see it. I see it everywhere. I yeah. mean, it's, it's really yeah. something else. Yeah. I'm of two minds about that. Mm -hmm. Like on the one hand, I, I really love like the Israeli ethos of, of, you know, not being hateful. Like I, I do love that. But on the same hand, it's also like sometimes I think you guys need to get angry and, and you need oh, to be upset. Angry. Oh, I know you do, but sometimes yeah. I think you need to express it because, wow, like the, the, this trip, this trip, 
was intense. I mean, I, there was a terror attack right outside of one of my speaking engagements in Jerusalem. Uh, like I heard the gunshots. Oh my God. Really? Which yeah. one? Uh, the guy that rammed at the, at the show. Yeah. Wow. wow. I was a block away huh. while I was giving a talk. Very real. So yeah, it, it's, and the last time I was here, uh, I was uh, supposed to be on a bus to go to Jerusalem and somebody blew up a, a bus stop where kids, mm -hmm. where kids get off the bus. Mm -hmm. Like that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I struggle with it because anything to do with children like that bothers right. me. Right. Look, we struggle with it all the time. Also, on the one hand, we don't want to be like our enemies. On the other hand, um, you have to, if it's, it's not revenge, it's justice. If you take out the people that do these things or prevent them from doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's in that, it's in that, it's in that place that we dance all the time and it's a difficult thing to do. I mean, it would be helpful if we felt like our, our uh, politicians were more on the same page as some of the little people realize that we're kind of feeling now that our security is not what we'd like it to be. But were you at the demonstration the other day? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I was staying with a friend in uh, Efrat and he, he tells me, he's like, hey, there's a pro-judicial reform, uh, like a rally if you want to go. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because uh, I think it's, it's for me, it started about nine years ago when the Supreme Court here made a really horrible decision that actually impacted a friend of mine. He had a he had a deed to a home and his family was evicted in 1948 when the Arabs, you know, ethnically cleansed Eastern Jerusalem. And he had been trying to get that home back right since 1967 when when it was liberated. And the Supreme Court three times denied his family. They said, it's not reasonable for you to go back there. Even though they had a date, they had a deed that dates like to the early Ottoman times. Mm -hmm. And so like, I, I remember how, like, I just thought that was so unjust. Yeah. And I couldn't understand how a legal system could use reasonableness, not, not legal precedent and not like something that's happened before but just the judge to say it's not reasonable mm -hmm. and they, that was like deemed to be okay under your system. So that was the first time I started saying, you know, you need to reform this system. And then to find out that there's a lot of Israelis that felt exactly the same way that I feel. Mm -hmm. And in this last election, you know, that was one of the main things people voted on. Right. And, you know, yeah. now so. we've had these so-called pro-democracy uh, demonstrations in Tel Aviv that are actually just trying to undo the elections, which is the sign of democracy. So we had this big one in Jerusalem. I was there. The energy was unbelievable. Oh, it was amazing. Like, like I said on Facebook, the, the thing that for me that really was so wonderful. I saw people with paya. I saw people without paya. So, you know, I saw head coverings, no head coverings. It was it was every segment of Israeli society was there. Yeah. And, and there was no, there were no Palestinian flags. There were no like really ignorant signs. It was all just people saying, you know, like our voice counts. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of thing that I don't care who you are. If you support democracy, you say, yeah, they're right. Their voice matters. Yeah. And the voices matter because there really is a problem here. As you just said, it's not just like there's, I don't know, something ridiculous that we want to have happen. Justice is not being served in this country right now. Yeah, it's 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 really look. And as somebody who's pro-Israel, uh, like people think that that means that I'm I'm going to be like a Hasbarist and all I do is you know like support rah rah government. It's like mm -hmm. no, I, I support the Israeli people. Mm -hmm. And when I come here, I'm always very clear about that. That you know I don't always agree with the governments, but in this case, the government's not wrong. In yeah. this case, the government is trying to implement some reforms that are drastically badly needed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So do you speak in the States? I'm like, like, you know, I, so I used to meet you at APAC and 
Yeah. I mean, if they start up again, I'm not going there anymore. I kind of doubt you are either. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't be going back. I mean, APAC had its time, I believe, but you know, it started really kind of veering to the left. And I noticed when I was there, I've always had like an affinity uh, with people from Judea and Samaria. And I noticed that you guys had your events, but you were never allowed to have your events in the main area. They were always off the venue. We weren't allowed to speak at APEC at yeah, all. Exactly. We had to go and rent a room in a synagogue or in some kind of community center and do our own thing. Yeah. For for a place that said that it had a big tent, we were outside the tent. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. And the people that they let in the tent, some of them weren't even Zionists. Right. So, yeah. And I, I went to APAC three times and, and I noticed, for one, your guys' event was always one of my favorites. You guys had the absolute best swag. I mean, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> we and, brought in wine from Dance yeah. Mary and Dave and Dates, from the Jordan yeah. Valley. It was good. Yeah, it was amazing. And, you know, and like your speakers, like people like you and Mark Provisor. I mean, like you guys always had great speakers. And then I would go to some of these other supposedly Zionist events and I would have to sit and listen while people were saying stuff like, you know, it's not anti-Semitic to support BDS in the settlements. And it, it just used to, it was very, it was one of those things that made me so angry and upset that it, it was, it, it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to put it into words. Yeah. Okay. So in the absence of that, of that convention, where do you go? What do you do? So mainly I work with a, a few small organizations. Now I, I, I kind of pulled away a little bit from just doing mainstream speaking engagements, mm-hmm. mainly because a lot of American reformed Jews don't really want to hear what I have to say. So sad. Yeah, because, and the sad part is they're the ones that need to hear it mm-hmm. because I'm talking about authenticity. I talk about identity, the importance of ancestral land and having a connection to your people. Like those are the things I talk about. And for whatever reason, they're not- resonate with them. Yeah. And it's funny because when I come here to Israel where you already live in your ancestral land and you have an authentic identity, but yet these are the people that really love to listen to me and listen to what I have to say, but you're not the ones that need to hear it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. I mean, there is somewhat of a echo chamber for us also, just because sometimes we're really lonely and it's so great. I don't know if you appreciate how great it is when you come here and you've got other things to do with your life and you're not the typical person, like I said before, that we would expect to care so much about Israel. And you do, and you do it like so honestly. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it helps that you're a physically big guy, so people can't physically intimidate you, which is an issue for some people who want to go speak in certain places, because these things can get violent. Oh, absolutely. You know, like the campuses. I mean, I know people have been physically attacked, and so I'm sure that's also helpful for you, but, it, but it's more than that. I mean, you just kind of radiate this, don't mess with me, because this is true. And, and uh, you know, and why can't you see that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, 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 sometimes I do get a little bit annoyed. Because like some of the stuff that we're fighting is such obvious. Like I know you didn't want me to swear, so I'll say BS, right? So it's such obvious BS. And and you know, like when we're talking, especially about ancestral land, like we're sitting right now, we're not just sitting in Jewish ancestral land, we're sitting in the ancestral heartland. Mm-hmm. Like not even not even a kilometer away is where Elazar killed the the elephant, the Macaris story. You know, like and I think if more down the people, road, the matriarchs, the patriarchs are buried. Yeah. Jerusalem is, I don't know, 10 kilometers north. Yeah, the tomb of Rachel. Yeah. I mean, like you guys are at the center of it all. We are. And and I, I don't understand how, you know, like we have to listen to the United Nations talking about, you know, like UNESCO, where they said you're trying to Judaize Jerusalem. <laughs> and it's like, that doesn't even make sense. You're, you're saying that you're trying to make the Jewish ancestral homeland too Jewy. Like yeah, right. even on what planet does that make sense? Yeah. Make it make sense. It doesn't. 
So, so if anybody's listening says, wow, like this guy is just speaking truth to power to a great degree. We'd love to have him in our community. How do they get in touch with you? Mostly on social media when I'm not banned. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, you can always contact me uh, at my email address, which is Ryan M dot Bellarose at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be going to California in September. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I do, I go there because I, I work with a group called uh Club Z, which is a mm-hmm. basically they teach young people Zionism, right? right? And I, I think it's so valuable because, yeah, they're good, good. yeah, and that's the like my friend Masha is the one that founded it, mm-hmm. and it's really important what they do because, like, if you wait until high school and you wait until college, it's too late, right? Like that's when those kids are going to get absolutely inundated with this nonsense, mm-hmm. and we have to have they have to be prepared. Mm-hmm. So I, I like doing that, and you know I do I do one off speaking engagements once in a while but again it's mostly for people who understand identity and want to understand identity a little bit better you know and it's so crazy because right now in the world identity is like it's all over the place i mean even the basics like your gender (laughs) which should be okay you know you can develop your personality but your gender was kind of set even that is now up for for i don't know for role play well there's so my dad has a really good saying right He, he says that comfort is the enemy of identity and I think part of the problem with North Americans is they become so comfortable that they don't realize that your identity isn't so much what you want to be. It's what you are. So like, what gives meaning to your life? Exactly. So it can't just be about getting the newest phone. Yeah, exactly. Like, so like I, I, I identify as Métis. That's it's an important part of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I hope that other people, when they hear me talking about the importance of authentic identity, that they realize that's not just for Métis people. It's not just for Jews. It's for everybody. And just because you might not be an indigenous person of, of, you know, doesn't mean you don't, you don't have an important identity. So you should learn about your people, learn about your history and and, yeah, be proud of it. And look, everybody has some problematic stuff. Oh yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) it's, it's one of those things like there's, there's problematic history everywhere. And, but now we've been so inundated with the idea that, oh, this horrible stuff happened in the United States. So you should be ashamed of being an American. And it's like, the problem with that is that you go anywhere in the world and horrible shit happened. So you can't just fixate on that. You have to say, look, not only was there slavery in the United States, but they fought a war to end it. Mm -hmm. They fought a civil war against their own people to end slavery. Like, if that's not something to be a little bit proud of, I don't know what would be. So it's interesting for people to hear this coming from from a Native Indian, even though you're Canadian, because that's one of the issues in America is how miserably the United States treated the Native American, the Native Indians. 100%. Look, when we talk about, you know, the genocide of the Americas, right? Mm -hmm. The the unfortunate problem is that a lot of people still think that we're undergoing a genocide now. And we're not. What we're doing is we're dealing with the echoes of the genocide. And it's not as bad as things are. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot we still have to fix. Like there's a lot. and, Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things that are not right. But things in, for my generation are worlds better than they were for my dad's generation. And that means that, you know, they worked hard to make things better. And that means we have to continue that work and we have to keep trying to make things better. We're not just going to sit around and do nothing. We have to try our best to leave things better than we found it. Which is why you connect Israel, because that's what we're trying to do. (laughs) Exactly. Look, it's funny because a lot of people don't get that. Right. And I like, I do feel a simpatico like, especially with you people. And when I say you people, I literally mean Jewish people that live over the green line, the people that are like the most demonized in, in the media. Yeah. 
you happen to be, in my opinion, the quintessential Jews. You, you are the people that you moved somewhere, even though other people said you shouldn't be there, but you understand the inherent rightness of what you're doing. You're living on Jewish ancestral land. Even though it's not easy and sometimes dangerous, we have to do this for the next generation. Exactly. Yes. And, and it's funny because that's something I hear from so many of you. Like you'll say, it's not easy. You know, it's, it's not a simple place to live. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it's not always safe, but yet you live here because you understand that by living here, you are making it safer for the next generation. And when they live here, it, they'll make it safer for the following. Right. We are the links in the chain and we, can, we have to keep going. And we also have to call out the immorality when we see it. And some, unfortunately, some of our neighbors are, are some of the most immoral people in the world. They are back. I just listened to a really interesting podcast on paganism. And uh, the fact that they're into child sacrifice again, it has not left the world. And this is exactly what the Bible talks about and what, you know, Jeremiah yelled about and what the sacrifice of Isaac is alluding to and all of that. And we are up against people who are who have turned that into, you know, into a great thing. And it's just sickening. And so in some ways, we're still fighting the same battles that our ancestors fought. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you had a thousand generations of Jewish people that lived and died so that you could be here. Yeah. And I appreciate that every day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ryan, thank you so much. And I know you're going to be back and you're going to be back. You're going to be back. And I hope your business connections here work out well so that you're able to get some energy going up there so that you stay warm in the 10 months of the year (laughs) that you got to stay warm. You don't have to go back to the building ice bridges. It's always great to see you. Really great to see you too. Really. Thank you so much. Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. Thanks to Ben and to Tabitha. And to all of you, take care, everybody. Goodbye for now. Hey, everybody, this is Jeremy Gimpel. Have you heard about the Land of Israel Fellowship? People from all over the world, 24 countries, have joined. We meet live every Sunday, and the video session is recorded and then broadcast to all the members. And it's an exclusive group. It's a group that's focused on learning, We're focused on praying together. We're focused on growing together. And it has been one of the biggest blessings in my life. And we have people from New Zealand to Australia, Alaska, Hawaii, Hong Kong, Jews, Christians. We have a Buddhist. We have one Muslim that's joined. We have people from so many different backgrounds, languages, and cultures. And we are literally creating a virtual house of prayer for all nations. And it is truly marvelous. And so if you want more information about that, please visit www.thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship. And I would love to see you next Sunday.